if you aren't taking care of your teams and providing a culture of fun and providing opportunities for growth, if you don't think about your people as people and that's your greatest asset, then you're living in the dark ages. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Get in the Mode podcast. This is episode two in our self-discovery and leadership series. Our guests today are an amazing couple that did a keynote talk at a conference that I recently attended. They're authors of the book, The Improv Mindset. In this episode, we talk about how improv can be a competency you can actually develop and cultivate within your team. Bruce and Gail, welcome to the Get in the Mode podcast. So for the benefit of our audience, let's start with a little bit of intros. Uh, Perhaps I'll let Gail go first. Gail, why don't you kick it off for us? Sure, sure. So my background is started in New York as a singer, dancer, actress. I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Music Theater. Thank you very much. Um, Yes, um, a BFA in the arts and the liberal arts. So we were there for just about eight years and I was able to get my actor's equity card and did a lot of theater and music theater and originated different kind of parts. And that was super fun. And every time we finished, we were unemployed again and trying to find another job. So we were also supplementing our income and our ramen habit with working on Wall Street. And so we tempted for a long time. And then I was offered a job as an HR recruiter in the corporate office for AIG, which is a large insurance company, global insurance company. And I loved it. I love the people side of business and definitely felt like HR was a home for me because there was so much surrounding people in that area. Then we had our first child in New York in our 330 square foot apartment. So fun. (laughs) And are still married, which is huge. And we moved out to Colorado to be nearer to family so that we could have our child be near their grandparents. And then we, and then I had another baby and this is all part of my life. You know, this is part of the work stuff too. So I got to throw all that in. So I was a mom for quite a bit of time and then got back into the corporate world by working with a couple of different smaller organizations. I was an executive director for an arts organization. Gail and I met in college. And so our career, our early careers are very similar, moving to New York together living in that, that 330 square foot apartment together, Ooh. not killing each other together. Oh, um, yeah. We're all a big a big part of that. But at one point I ended up getting into the IT space and that's where I landed my career. I ended up working for a big five firm for a while, then ended up running uh, an IT shop for the second largest theater organization in the country in the Denver Center for the Performing Arts. Then I ended up as a key accounts leader for a data and analytics company that focused on sports and entertainment clients. So NASCAR, NFL, NBA, NHL, all clients that rolled up to me, which was a lot of fun and really interesting. That's right, man. That's right. All about butts and seats. All about getting customers (laughs) into, uh, into the seats. I think the important thing, and again, kind of coming back to the IT nerd that I am and always have been, David, kind of landing in that data and process space is that when we embarked on researching and identifying what happens with improvisers' brains specifically, 
There was a really interesting study done by a researcher at the time out of Johns Hopkins named Charles Lim. He's now out of the University of California, San Francisco. And what he did was he took jazz improvisers and he put them in functional MRIs where they can see what happens in the brain, what part of the brain gets more blood flow, what doesn't, and it lights up in the data reports. And what they found was when jazz improvisers improvise versus when they're doing a memorized piece of music, there's a whole series of connections that one part gets tamped down. It's called the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex or the DLPFC. That part basically gets, I don't want to say shut down, but it basically lessens in its action while the rest of this whole default mode network, which is a series of interconnections in a variety of parts of the brain, light up. And those interconnections have to do with communication and connectivity and collaboration, all by suppressing that DLPFC, all, all by just tamping that down. We made a bold statement when we found that research, we kind of went, well, we're certain that happens with comedic improvisers as well, because when you think about what has to happen when you step out on stage and when you listen together, when you're reacting together, when you're creating together, you have to let go of failure and you have to embrace the uncertainty that's happening. If you aren't taking care of your teams and providing a culture of fun and providing opportunities for growth, in other words, not just promoting people based on what you think they're capable of, more about having them grow into that role. If you don't think about your people as people and that's your greatest asset, then you're living in the dark ages because yeah. it's not about money. Yeah. Quite frankly, all the articles will tell you, well, we're throwing all this money at people. We don't understand why they don't want to work for us. Well, it's the strong cultures where people feel belonging, right? And right. there's a sense of diversity and of thought equity, inclusion, and belonging that matters. Well, I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope to have you guys again very soon. Bruce and Gail, thank you so much for being on the Get in the Mode podcast. Our Yay, pleasure. Thank, thank you, David. You. Now go get in the mode. <laughs> <laughs>